Germany has just registered its one millionth refugee. And these people want to send them home. Tens of thousands of Syrian refugees who probably, in many cases, not probably, who are definitely, in many cases, ISIS aligned. This is going to be the great Trojan horse. At least two people have died in a fire at an overcrowded Greek migrant camp. The dead are reported to be a woman and a child. We want Sweden to stay Sweden. The question is whether conflict is now going to be a permanent part of this new world. Hello and welcome to The People's Podcast with me, Jay Ogendron. Today we're joined by our project manager, Jacob, and our head of marketing, Rai. We're going to be discussing the progress of our project and sort of the difficulties we face, the obstacles we've overcome, and really what's next for the project. So firstly, Jacob, thank you. I know you're a very busy guy. Thank you for making time to come and speak to us. It's a pleasure. For those of you who don't know, um, our founder actually has, has had to step down as project manager temporarily. And so uh, Jacob has had to uh, fill in those shoes. So he's now project manager on the People's uh, Backpack. So Jacob, if you could just tell us a little bit what that was like taking that responsibility over. Yeah, so I, before I was the finance manager for the People's Backpack, I, it actually was quite a big responsibility because while well, I'd led a company before in, in school, a young enterprise company, I, so mm-hmm. I, it was a, a big a big change because obviously university it's a higher level of course. and it requires a lot of time management so it was a big step up. And so to talk about the project how has it developed and grown since well, since, since we first started and also since you've taken over? So since I started we mostly focused on getting things off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a business model canvas for everyone to uh, try and work out what we were going to do, what our targets were for the year. And then as things started to build up, uh, Luke recruited a team of around 20 people and we realised that we want to like concentrate on the marketing side more mm-hmm. through podcasts and blogs to really like highlight the issue because the core of it is to reduce the stigma that refugees face. So we thought it was best to t- tackle the problem uh, using the same approach. And then since then, we've actually purchased drawstring bags and we're on our way to purchasing backpacks. And so, so you mentioned the drawstring bags. If you could tell our listeners a little bit more about what they're for and uh, yeah, sort of the idea behind those. The drawstring bags are basically to improve our marketing reach. So by selling these back bags, we'll be able to also make some revenues. All of the money will go towards helping refugees mm-hmm. ultimately in the end up. We want to provide them with education materials that they may currently lack. The whole initiative is just to uh, highlight the struggle that refugees face. And so in, in practice, how, you, how is that going to be implemented in terms of the education packs? How are you going to reach out to the refugees themselves um, and put that into practice? So there's a workshop in Coventry where refugees attend. Mm-hmm. It's called Equal Access and is run by Workstar. We're planning to attend that there and whichever materials that the refugees lack or and they'll be giving us feedback about what they may require. In addition, there's students in an MBA project in Warwick Business School who are carrying out multiple market surveys mm-hmm. in the local area in Coventry who are going to try and work out a, you know, what materials refugees want. And so the project is called, of course, the People's Backpack. 
um, if you'll forgive me for asking, a lot of people might be wondering where where the backpacks <laughs> are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so where where are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, there were quite a lot of issues. Initially, the plan was to have them by uh, week six of term two, but unfortunately, after a lot of a lot of action on on my part, they're still in in transition. So. Uh, basically, the producers who were able to provide us with a minimum order quantity because it's quite hard to order below 100. Mm-hmm. This this producer like permitted our design and it was relatively cheap, so you know all things were pointed towards a success. Unfortunately, the uh, company shut down unexpectedly, and a few of the a few of the other producers, uh, there well. We could still get them from those companies, but the prices are mm-hmm. really, really high. So for the minute, I was talking with Luke, and we think it's probably best to put that back to term three, mm-hmm. and for the next few weeks, concentrate on the uh, drawstring bags. And so how are we going to sell the drawstring bags? How are we going to get people to buy them, get people to notice them, and get people to understand the project through them? Basically, we think that by people like uh, buying these bags and having them on campus, mm-hmm. using them as an everyday item, They'll be able to see the icon of the people's backpack, know more about our mission and buy into that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, our marketing team is working really, really hard uh, to uh, market these bag bags on their social media posts, on their blogs. Yeah, you mentioned marketing. I'll ask Rai about that in just one second. Um, the final question I have for you, Jacob, is mm. in your journey as an entrepreneur, what do you think have been the major obstacles that you've had to overcome? How do you think you've grown as both a project manager and maybe even as a person? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in terms of the project, one of the biggest obstacles was communication. Mm -hmm. Because at the start, I wasn't as effective or, you know, transparent in my communication. So I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely an area that I've improved. And then in terms of the project, well, the biggest obstacle so far is definitely the backpacks. Yeah, of course. I'm still still working on that obstacle at the minute. Uh, But hopefully... Uh, hopefully things will turn out okay in turn three. Fantastic. And so, right, the marketing is look very impressive. Um, Thank you very much. Obviously an un- unbiased opinion. <laughs> um, so j- just tell us a little bit more about sort of your strategy for, for leading the marketing. Well, we were focusing on the main social media, so Instagram and Facebook, and we were trying to, with marketing, our main purpose was to build a following. Mm-hmm. So when we release the backpacks, we have a group of loyal followers who we hope are passionate about refugees uh, who are willing to join us in our cause. And yeah, so the past two terms we really focused on building that following. How? So our main goal, of course, is to reduce refugee stigmas. And our social media does that by providing them with uh, bits of news and stories about refugees. Uh, Not long ones though, because we understand that in the news, news about refugees, often get you know lost in the background noise so just trying to give people kind of easy stories to to kind of read and they're like mm-hmm. oh okay i didn't know that i didn't know that so the next time they they're faced with for example a judgment made about refugees or talking about someone you know they can refer back to what they learned from us and hopefully become more knowledgeable about it so you mentioned social media um but of course there's so much content on social media how are you making sure people are are reading and engaging with the content that you're putting out yeah so our content relies heavily on infographics mm-hmm. as well as kind of the the visuals our social media team makes uh, so that's one of them so they're quite they pop out in my opinion because we've got a very strong brand mm-hmm. uh, very recognizable colors 
Uh, at the same time, you also have our blogs and podcast team, which offer like a different experience in terms of the marketing. Because if people are interested in looking at our visuals, uh, they can listen to a podcast on the way home. Mm-hmm. Or maybe do some like blog reading just to educate themselves more. And I think that's how we differentiate ourselves from the other kind of refugee mm-hmm. organizations. And so, what is the sort of key message that runs throughout all the marketing? What is the the idea that you're trying to get across to your viewers? Um, I think the main message is, of course, that you know refugees face certain uh, troubles in this world and. It's happening everywhere, and that it's a salient issue in today's you know globalized mm-hmm. world. But in terms of the marketing itself, I think we're trying to put across that uh, learning about this issue shouldn't be hard. Um, it should be something you can you know kind of keep up to date with without having to go to like BBC News and you know putting effort into searching for it. It's something you should be able to find easily. And so, speaking of this, I've got a picture right here of the logo. Um, yeah. I don't think we've ever discussed this. Uh, if you could just talk through sort of the ideas behind it um, and sort of what it's supposed to represent. Yeah, I think quite obviously it represents a backpack, you know, go figure. <laughs> um, but the the yellow part of it represents the person, of course, mm-hmm. the people, and how our backpack is basically interlinked with the people, the refugees that we hope to support. And what our designer... Uh, Nicole, she did really well. Was uh, make the backpack look like a boat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of relating it to the refugee, the refugee crisis, and reminding like why we do this mm-hmm. and why we want to support these refugees. Fantastic. And so the ultimate goal is the backpacks, like you mentioned. And so how is the marketing related to that? I think with our normal content, which you know brings about the refugee mm-hmm. news and stories, we feel that that serves as an incentive for people to want to help. Because, of course, they're reading all of these news. Um, it's quite natural to feel helpless, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we hope through our bags and backpacks, we, we're giving people a chance to contribute themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, create an impact on this, you know, refugee crisis. And hopefully they can get more engaged with the cause. And, yeah, so that, that's how it relates to the backpacks. And more quite literally, we're more recently shifting our marketing mm-hmm. from quite the content to the promotion of the, the bags and the backpacks mm-hmm. themselves, which the blogs team have created blogs about the importance of education, which our money brings. And of course, the podcast is discussing it right now. And so actually, if I can bring both of you guys in on this, what is next for the People's Backpack? Where, where, where do you see the project going, both in your short-term vision and more in the longer-term um, outlook for the project? How, how do you guys see it evolving? Uh, so, in terms of the short term, so in term three, we're aiming to sell the backpacks. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, raise, raise more awareness, but I'd say as more of a, a longer term, we're really trying to impact uh, local refugees in Coventry. Mm-hmm. And as a long, long term, we do want to employ refugees, uh, ultimately, in, in workshops in Coventry. You may know that uh, initially our aim was a refugee backpack, but we realised that it was quite like a long way away and we didn't have the financial resources in place mm-hmm. at the moment to implement that. So depending on the next few months, we'll reassess that situation further down the line and see what happens. Yeah, and talking about the long term in terms of the marketing, um, I do acknowledge that you know we've built a presence on campus, but ultimately only in campus. Mm-hmm. And I think my goal, or at least the marketing side of things, goal for the long term is to kind of expand out of that 
because ultimately uh, the money is not where the students are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> students, we all know that. Um, ultimately, the money is going to be in the public and a, a challenge moving into the future is going to be figuring out how we can sort of tap into this kind of like UK public passion about helping refugees mm-hmm. and which kind of external contacts we can leverage in order to get that. I don't know if you remember, Luke, when he first came on, said the, his measure of success was when the project was no longer needed, then he knows he would have achieved his goals. So although I'm, perhaps I'm asking for a more sort of practical short-term response here, but how, how are you going to measure your impact? In terms of the educational materials for refugees, looking at like that their goal, mm-hmm. and how we're going to impact, how we measure the impact of that, uh, we can take a, a survey of, say, like how they think their current edu- education materials are, and mm-hmm. then maybe like a year later, ask them what improvement they think, or their parents think this has had on their studies. And also, more of a long-term a measure of impact might be a, you know, the number of refugees that a, are able to a, achieve a, you know, five GCSEs between mm. A-star and C. Look at those statistics now and then compare them with the statistics like you know, a few years down the line. Fantastic. And so for any entrepreneurs or potential social enterprises um, who are listening, well, sort of what role do you think social enterprises play in, I suppose, A, in a university context and B, in a, in a, in a more sort of global context? Do you, where, where do you see their importance? Um, do you think social enterprises can provide like a viable alternative to just simply charity? I, I don't think they can provide an alternative to charity, but mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, they're becoming more and more important uh, as businesses, you know, even like big banks who would have like, traditionally been only focused on their financial impact and maybe possibly a bit selfish for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're even they're moving out, you know, to be more uh, focused on, on like how they differentiate from their competitors is their social impact, mm-hmm. which I think is a trend that is becoming more and more common. And also, you know, moving back from this, if people in university uh, see these, you know, really big businesses these massive business leaders of society wanting to make this change, then, you know, it's only natural that, you know, for students, they might look up to these role models mm-hmm. and try and implement a similar vision for themselves uh, to get themselves started. Yeah, and, and finally, sort of, how can people get involved? If they have an idea, if, how, how can they start that journey? What, what sort of steps do they need to do? Are there any organisations that they should be approaching? Yeah, I'd say, first of all, Look at your local council and governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to a few key advisors, uh, maybe people you think of really highly, uh, relatives who you know have experience in the industry maybe. And then you know if you think that your idea is really going to make a difference, then you know you can maybe apply to funding. A lot of mm-hmm. these big companies now, like for example, you know just within a university contacts in Anactus. They provide uh, funds for you know student projects. So, and then within councils, there's numerous you know grants and funds that even I wasn't aware of until I started looking mm-hmm. in the last few months. So if you you know if you find a really exciting idea and you want to make a difference, then it's really really possible in today's age. Fantastic. Uh, any last thoughts for our for our listeners? Any any anything else you want to say about the project? About about the progress we've made? Yeah, well, you know, definitely check out all our social media channels. 
Uh, at the people's backpack on Instagram. Yeah. Sorry, that was my marketing side. Just like popping <laughs> out. But um, yeah, so check out our social media channels, uh, our Facebook and Instagram, the people's backpack. Um, just give it a follow. Uh, take a look at it, see if you like it. And we post regular content every week. Well, multi- multiple times a week, really. And, you know, it could be useful for you in the future. And just a, just a plug out there, we're selling our official drossing bags on Thursday and Friday this week, 12 to 3 p.m. They're five pounds a piece. And all the money goes to refugee education. You get a nice little, nice little pamphlet thanking you for helping joining your cause. And you get access to our exclusive newsletter, which, you know, it's a, it's a talk of the town. Really. <laughs> so Fantastic. Please do come. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, like you heard, the drawstring bags are out now, essentially. Um, and I think what's also important, I think, from, from this discussion is if you want to get involved in the project or if you just simply have feedback for us, we're obviously a very new project, we're growing. And so any advice, any feedback, um, of course, would be greatly appreciated. Um, of course, you can send all of that through uh, either via our website or, um, or across any of our social media channels. Uh, so I just want to thank you guys all for listening. Uh, Jacob, Rye, thank you for, uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedules. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, thank you. And uh, yes, thank, thank you for listening. Cheers.